In this episode, Becca and myself will share how we got into ministry and what ministry life looks like on a daily basis. We will also briefly give our thoughts on what is going on in the world right now. So with that, grab your favorite cup of coffee and join us around the table for the one where we talk ministry. What is up? Welcome to Coffee and Convos. We are so excited to spend some time with you guys this Friday. Um, so uh, welcome to this episode. We're going to talk about how we got into ministry, what, um, gosh, what is it like to live in ministry every single day, and uh, and what the heck is going on in the world right now. Um, so Josh, how are you doing today? I am doing different. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the right response. I just, there's so much going on in the world um, right now. And just like, yeah, trying to process it all. As a church, even, we're trying to process how to do church within the age of COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone's just trying to figure out how to function. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about our coffee like we do every single week. <laughs> um, so I am drinking um, the Buddy Brew again. I think that we did that one last week, yeah. um, but it's so delicious. And so we still good. had extra. <laughs> so I'm drinking that right now. It's the Ethiopian? Yeah. Ethiopia? Ethiop- yeah, Ethiopian. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm drinking that right now. And Josh is drinking something different, so tell us yeah. about that. So um, if you don't know, um, Starbucks, which definitely does not have the greatest coffee, um, but they make cold brew in their stores normally. And believe it or not, in the grocery store, you can buy cold brew, um, and it comes in the already pre-packaged like packaged sack. Um, so literally all you do is stick it in a pitcher um, for 24 hours and um, and then fill it with more water and you've got cold brew and it's delicious it's smooth um, definitely not like symmetry cold brew or some of the craft coffee cold brews but if you're looking just for a quick pick-me-up easy to go um, literally you cut open the package pop it in and um, and it does its thing so yeah it's good I think I got it on sale too so keep an eye out I think I only paid six bucks and that made two pitchers and a pitcher can last a, literally a whole week yeah yeah. So it's really cool. Yeah. So um, we also want to give a huge thank you to our listeners. Um, man, we love you guys. And you guys have just been making our day. Um, love seeing the posts that y'all are listening and tuning in and yeah. sharing. Um, gosh, that just means the world to us. Um, and so if you have not subscribed, please subscribe. Um, subscribe. If you like us, rate us, review us, get yes. us up there. Um Cause yeah, it's really cool to see like our numbers increase. Um, and gosh, just letting y'all listen to us is so cool. I, I think last time I looked, which was today, our podcast is ranked 45 in all Christian Ooh, podcasts. That's so cool. And that's because of you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. I wanted to shout out real quick to one of our listeners. His name is Jeff. And um, he stopped me in church on Sunday and it was just telling us how much, you know, he loves our podcast and um, just, you know, hearing all of our different stories and especially episode two where we talked about sex and porn and 
Um, he said that really impacted him. And so, Jeff, we love you. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. So, what is going on in the world right now? Jesus, help us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy, man. We we are living in a moment in time. I believe it's a cultural moment where, um, you know, COVID-19 started out in China um, I think in America, we were just like, oh, this is a Chinese thing. It's probably never going to come over here. And then all of a sudden, like a tidal wave, it just starts sweeping through the nations. Yeah. And next thing we know, it's landed on American shores. And now we're in a state of emergency um, currently um, all across our nation. In our county, we're even in a state of emergency. Yeah. Stuff is closing down. Um for whatever reason, I guess people think they're going to be either stuck in their home or you can get diarrhea because you can't get toilet paper anywhere. <laughs> who would have guessed? Um, yeah, which who is would have funny. That would have been the thing. Yeah, because like we've lived through a couple hurricanes now as a married couple. And I know mm-hmm. even before growing up in Florida, like that's just a normal thing. We always are kind of prepared for yeah. some kind of disaster. But this is like I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, it's so weird. So much panic. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. There's just fear. There's chaos. Um, you know, the president came out with a statement yesterday um, basically saying he doesn't want 10 or more people gathered. So, you know, even this past weekend, we had to make the call as a church, like, at least for the next two weeks, maybe longer, um, you know, our church will be moving online. Yeah. And uh, it's scary. It's for sure scary um, just because you don't, with a hurricane, you can monitor it and kind of see when it leaves mm-hmm. or a bad storm. But we don't know when this is going to leave. Yeah. You know? And so um, I think for a lot of Americans right now, um, first off, there's two groups. You've got the group that's just like, they're not having anything to do with it. They're calling it a hoax or, and they're just not taking it serious, right? They're living yeah. laissez-faire, life as usual. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the group of people who are going overboard, mm-hmm. who are just, you know, stockpiling stuff and not leaving anything for other people. Um, and then I think you've got the group in the in between who's like, we're not scared mm-hmm. because we know Jesus has this and God's in control. But at the same time, we're using wisdom. Mm-hmm. And we're like, all right, clearly something's wrong. You know, if our government, which by the way, you know, biblically, if you're a Christian listening to this, um, it is right to obey leaders that are in place Um, yeah and just to you know like touch on that like some people are you know you don't have to i don't care if you agree or not here's the deal our government is trying to protect us no one wants a national setback like that that literally doesn't benefit anyone no (laughs) so this whole like they're just doing it to tell us what to do like please (laughs) please stop you know these are business people there we want to success like you know to be successful we want america to thrive and so this is definitely not like an agenda and so you know take what the government is saying and you know do what they do what they ask because they're really just trying to slow the rate of the spread yeah and so for all of you who are clumping at the beach and stuff guys just like (laughs) listen and be prepared do not panic because god's got us um but be encouraged be kind think of others you know if you have an opportunity to run to the store and help um, an elderly couple or a a couple who has a young baby or as a pregnant mom you know go out of your way to show kindness to people um that are scared and don't know you know the goodness of god and just the peace that he brings and so um yeah listen be prepared um 
don't get scared because God's got us. Um, but but be mindful. Yeah. You know, show kindness constantly. Yeah. God's in control. Um, Absolutely. He's still on the throne and he's not shocked by COVID-19. Like no. he's not up there, you know, scratching his head being like, I don't know what to do. He knows what to do. And I think now more than ever, um, you know, if you are a believer and you're listening right now, um, now is the time for action. Now is the time for the church to arise. And that means, hey, we're going to pray harder. We're going to preach Jesus harder. Yeah. Um, we're going to live a different lifestyle than than normal. Listen, life as normal Um is, is on pause right now. Yeah. Right? We're in a different period. And sometimes I think this is key. We have to adjust mm-hmm. and adapt. And I know for a lot of people, they just don't want to do that. They've lived a certain way for such a long time. But listen, um, as Christ followers, we always have to adapt. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of the, the church in China who just, um, they're persecuted mm-hmm. constantly. And, and they're in fear all the time, but they know Jesus has them. And it's the largest, fastest growing church in the world. Mm-hmm. Revival is happening in China because um, they they can adapt to situations. I just think God's asking the American church, hey, will you adapt Yeah, with wake this? up. Wake know, up. I think this is such a great time for perspective to be, you know, changed. Like... Yeah, okay, you might you might be stuck at home or you might like your plans have gotten changed or canceled or whatever it may be. But think of the value you can bring of, you know what? This is a tough situation, so I'm yeah. going to show my kids, I'm going to show my family, I'm going to show my friends that even in a tough situation, we're going to band together. Yeah. We're going so to true. um gosh, we're just going to spend quality time in ways that we may not have. We right. may not have in a long time. Yeah. You know, we're in, in America, we're we're very, very blessed. Super and blessed. so yeah. um, this is a time for us to wake up, call upon the Lord and and teach our kids and teach our, you know, our nation that we're strong and we can band together and then yeah. we're not going to allow something to come in and divide us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a I think it's could be a really cool time if people could shift their perspective their uh, perspective. hundred percent. Yeah. Now is a great time for families to gather on the dinner table, have open, candid conversations. Yeah. Um, Talk about things. Yeah. yeah. Cause here's the deal. This, like what we're experiencing right now is like what kids in the future are going to learn about. Like this yeah. is going to be a history lesson, yeah. which is, you know, it's terrible, but at the same time, like, wow, like we're literally living in history right now. And so, you know, how can we, better educate ourselves and how can we best respond? Um, Shoot, we talked about like it the other day, you know, our, our generation, we lived through nine 11. Yeah. And that's like the only thing we could really have to and compare. And that's the not, stock market crash of yeah. 2006. Like, and even though those yeah. aren't, you know, it's not comparable no. to what's taking place. Now. This is a worldwide mm-hmm. pandemic. And I yeah. don't think people fully grasp that because it's never happened. Yeah. At least in our generation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, take it serious, people. Um, it's nothing to laugh about. I mean, yes, it's good to be lighthearted. Don't Absolutely. take everything so serious. But at the same time, um, there's people dying out there. Yeah. And so I just think we need to respect that mm-hmm. and respect this thing. Um, don't be in fear of it, but for sure respect it. Absolutely. I agree. No. No. All right. So that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> On the fun talk. Yeah. So, um, so Josh, <laughs> how did you get into ministry? What has been your biggest win and your biggest challenge? So that's kind of a big question. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And I definitely don't want, we don't want this podcast to go all day. So I'm going <laughs> to try to keep it short and concise. Um, as I mentioned in episode one, you know, I, I was going to college. I felt the call of God at 18 
um, to specifically go into youth ministry. So I went down to Southeastern University, um, was pursuing a degree down there, living on campus. Um, I was an intern for the Lakeland House of Prayer, um, working you know part-time at Target. So it was a really fun period of my life. And then semester two, um, everything kind of got flipped upside down. I wasn't financially able to keep going. And um, I had some hard questions with the Lord. I remember sitting, if you've ever been to Southeastern, in the middle of campus, there's a place called the Jesus Fountain, and it's Jesus washing the feet of Peter. And I remember having this very candid, open conversation with the Lord, just saying, God, I thought you called me to ministry. At this point, I'm thinking to myself, you know, ministry, I, I, I didn't have a full grasp or understanding that ministry was beyond um college. It was beyond that. It was beyond my understanding. And I just remember the Lord saying, follow my lead. And um, I was in my dorm and my my roommates, um, one of them played for SCU worship. So he was constantly gone. The other one was a hardcore gamer. Uh, shout out to Chris if he's ever listened to this. <laughs> um, so he was up playing you know, his, his computer games and I'm laying in bed and I get a phone call from uh, Pastor Ken, who is our lead pastor at City Light. And I remember just having this very open conversation. He's asking me, you know, what's the desires on my heart? And, um, you know, what do I want to do? And I was just explaining to him my situation. And he said, you know, what would it look like if you came back to Ocala? And um, he's like, not just come back to Ocala, but come back and help in our youth ministry. Um, at that point, their youth ministry had went through a transition. And so they were needing some hands. And he said, you know, you could intern with us. And uh, we'll, we'll get you ready for ministry. And so I just remember feeling like, man, is this like my big break? Yet again, my mind wasn't focused on ministry. is so beyond a position. If you're a young leader listening to this, it's not about a title. It's not about a position. Um, ministry is a way of life. Um, it's, it's following Jesus. It's not um, just being on staff at a church. As great as that is, I think in America... In America and in the West, we've boiled it down to being on staff. But listen, there's people who will never step foot on a stage. There's mm -hmm. people who will never get paid by a church who do incredible works of ministry. So I get back and start helping in the youth. And um, at that time, I think I was intern, student director. I was trying to learn what it meant to just love people well. Um, I think I mentioned this in episode one, but I like to call this my arrogant years, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I was very prideful. Um, my preaching, by the way, absolutely sucked. I don't think it moved anyone because no one ever responded. Um, but I was doing what I knew to do. Um, I had a few people who had mentored me, but I didn't have someone who I could look to as like, this is my youth pastor, um, you know, who I'm learning from, who I'm training under. I just kind of had to learn on the go. And um, a lot of books, a lot of podcasts. But I remember just, I think it was year two, getting this ego of like, all right, more students are coming. Uh, my preaching started to get better. Um, you know, adult leaders were, were sort of respecting me at this point. Remember, as a young leader, I think I was 22, um, gaining the trust and approval from adults is a really difficult thing. Mm-hmm. And I just remember having many hard conversations with Pastor Ken and um, and Pastor Chris and just like, you know, what do I do here, guys? Like, my adults just don't want to follow my lead. And they just said, keep going, keep going after it. And I just kept chugging away. And so, um, but I found myself kind of in this rut of, I had developed like this um, persona, which I'm not proud of. 
of just thinking like I was everything. You know, my even my look changed. Um, and this is so embarrassing to admit. But um, <laughs> I changed my Instagram to the hipster pastor. <laughs> and um, at that time, I was just like trying to be relevant. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to be hip. I was, you know, trying to be this guy who students could look to and be like, man, he's fashionable. Um, he's good looking. He can preach. And at this time, you know, I was single. And so it, it just boiled into this overflow of just um, of pride. And, um, and when I would go to like youth pastor events in the city, I'll never forget, you know, other youth pastors would, would kind of look at me different. Um, I would walk in and they'd be like, oh, there's the hipster pastor. And, and it was, it almost became just a joke. And I got to this point, um, I think it was year four of ministry where I was just like, I don't want this. I'm tired of having this persona, um, and trying to be someone that, um, I wasn't comfortable in my skin. And can I just say for a young leader listening, it's crucial that you know who you are and more Mm -hmm. importantly knows who you are so that you're comfortable within your skin. Um, You don't have to wear flashy clothes to to be someone. Listen, be who God created you to be. And I remember throwing that persona away and um, it was, it was amazing. It was like this weight lifted off me and I just felt like, man, like, I I don't know. I, I got into my zone um, you know, the Lord has gifted me. I'm so thankful for this, but he's gifted me with a lot of, um, spiritual gifts. That I, I, to this day, don't fully understand. Um, you know, he gives me word of knowledge. Um, he, he gives me different prophetic words. Um, he gives me these open visions that a lot of times I'm just like, God, what the heck are you doing? What does this mean? Um, so I'm still learning a lot. Um, I'm on year eight of full-time ministry, which is crazy to think about, <laughs> not just full-time ministry, but full-time ministry at one church, yeah. um, which I mentioned this in episode one, but man, plant yourself, mm-hmm. grow roots in a ministry, especially if it's a ministry who loves you. And listen, um, and I'm not just bragging on City Light because it's my home, but those staff there, the, those pastors, Pastor Ken and Paula and Pastor Chris and Pastor Isai and uh, Pastor Lee and, and uh, Pastor Tammy, listen, it's an amazing staff who constantly makes each other better. Yeah. And we're constantly striving for for excellence and greatness and pushing each other, but more importantly, we honor and love each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great work environment. And so I've thrived there. Um, biggest win, oh man, that's so hard. I think a bit like a huge win for me is now seeing students who I pastored when they were in middle school turn around um, to, to do ministry. And even some of them have went on to become um, pastors and directors in youth ministry. Yeah. And hearing stories like that, like in youth ministry, you have to come to this place where you realize not every student is going to be like the next Billy Graham. Yeah. As much as you want them to be, and trust me, I say it every time I'm on the stage, I call my students, they're real changers and they're history makers. But I've come to this place of realization, like as much as I want my words to be the most impactful words, they have to hear the voice of Jesus for themselves. And so I think, um, I know there's a few students I can name right now, you know, Drake Giuliano, um, amazing student who literally started with me in sixth grade. And, um, and, and he went on, um, you know, he helps as dad's church now as a youth director and loves God and is pursuing college for ministry. Um, Trevor Tucker, um, another amazing young man who grew up with me in youth ministry. And now he is a part of our youth ministry. He's our student director. 
Um, and so it's just wild to see students who, oh man, I can, especially with Trevor and Trevor, if you're listening, I love you, man. But uh, I remember so many hard times with him um, because, you know, he has a twin brother and they would constantly bicker and fight with each other. And one time I was like, dude, you both of y'all, you just go home. Um, I can't have you here tonight. And so, but it challenged me, um, especially during the early years because I was single. I wasn't married. And so trying to be like a, not just an older brother figure, but almost a father figure um, for some of these, you know, guys who, who they didn't have dads. Um, and, and just trying to be a spiritual father and while I'm still trying to find who I am. Um, and so I hit ministry running. Like if someone, this is the way I can best explain it. Someone dropped me out of a plane. And as soon as I hit the ground, I had to, I had to start running because someone was chasing me. That's the way it felt. Mm. Um, and so I think the season I'm in right now is I'm in a season of like, I know who I am. I know the direction the Lord's taking me. And so now it's just fine tuning that I would say, the, the probably the hardest challenge. Um, oh, there's so many hard challenges in ministry. I would say the hardest challenge, honestly, is trying to be innovative, um, trying to be creative, and and just continuing to have that fire burn that keeps you just constantly wanting more. I think it's super easy in ministry to get burned out. And to feel like just defeated. And um, and so what I've had to do is like, I've had to really reflect on my own relationship with God and make intentional time uh, to be with him. And so, yeah, that's just a little bit. Um, I could go on forever. There's so many stories <laughs> in ministry I have. But Becca, um, kind of tell us the same. You know, how, how did you get started in ministry? Um, what was a big win for you? You know, challenge. What's your experience? I know because it's a little bit different than mine. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned before in our um, The One About Us episode, um, I shared, you know, like I've just always grown up loving Jesus. Um, And so um, when I hit, gosh, I remember, so my sister used to be the youth my youth pastor um, but before I was in there um my brother was and so like I always wanted to get to youth I couldn't wait till I was old enough to get to youth and then um when I finally got there there was like a camp that they would go to every single summer so I couldn't wait to go to camp and then um I finally was old enough mm. and at that camp the Lord laid on my heart um just a heart for ministry And so, um, from seventh grade on, I've continued to have that heart for ministry and missions. Um, and so I like was always involved. Um, so in my youth group, I was always like the leader, (laughs) like whatever it was in my friend group. I was always kind of the spearhead leader, um, at least spiritually speaking, um, that's just kind of who I, who I was growing up. Um, and then when I went into, um, I think it was, I think well, I was going into 10th grade, I believe. Um, I got to go and be a campus intern at the camp, um, that I used to go to growing up. And so, um, that entailed like all the behind the scenes work. So you're not getting like the that you're not the cool like staffer mm. person that kids always get mm. to hang out with. Yeah. Like, you're the one prepping the dining room, cleaning the dining room, making sure <laughs> the rooms are clean, working the free time things, like all of the behind the scenes. It's a lot of work. Um, and so I got to do that, which was really cool being like a 16 year old and um, living on a mountain for two months and just 
serving. Like that is just what I did. I served with everything I had and it was so hard. It'd be like 12, 14 hour days of just serving students. And, um, and I just had such a deep love for it. And then, um, the next summer I did it again. (laughs) And then the next summer, the Lord called me to be the coordinator for that. And Mm. so, um, and for me, if you know me, the way I like to lead, (laughs) excuse me, (laughs) is I like to, um, I like to lead by example. Mm. And so um, I had a shift every single week. And so I was doing things with them. If they were doing dishes, Mm -hmm. best believe one week I was on dishes. Or if I was doing something, you know, if I wanted them to do something, I was doing it before them, showing them how I wanted it done and how it should be done. Um, That way, you know, they didn't feel like they were in it alone because it was a lot of hard work. Um, And then, so that was a lot of growth. (laughs) Um, My goodness, leading a group of like 10, 10 girls. Um, thankfully I had my, my co-help, uh, Heather, you're <laughs> awesome. So if you're listening, you're the bomb. Um, and congratulations. Cause I know you have a baby coming, Uh-oh. but, um, but yeah, so she was awesome. And then, oh my gosh, my, like one of my best friends ever, CJ, if you're listening, he was my, um, he was my partner in crime when it came to the guys. Mm. Um, gosh, he's just is literally the best, so much wisdom and, um, just awesome it's been so good running with you ministry wise and in life and so um so yeah so that was like my life for a really long time and then I came home and they actually have a school up there that the ministry is like massive it just does all sorts of awesome things and so um they had they have what's called an institute and they have three different well they might have more but at the time it was three different things you could do youth ministry leadership or missions and so I wanted to go study for a year um, and do missions. And so I went and I lived on the mountain for a year. I did mm. super hard <laughs> college classes. I interned, worked there. And then I was like, then I was finally the staffer. <laughs> like I finally got to have that position. Um, and so I got to love on students all summer long and it was just really amazing. But in that, that year was really pivotal for me because, it was also the year, like I was saying in the first episode, where I just was a hot mess. Like, yeah. I just was so, like, I had, you know, sometimes when you grow up in church, you think you know who you are. Um, you think you know what you stand for. And and that's kind of who I always thought I was. Like, I was, like, super firm and all, all the things that I thought I knew about myself. And then... When it came time, there was a lot of things that I screwed up um, and that uh, a lot of life decisions that I didn't make right, um, unfortunately, at the time. And so I had a lot of learning to do. um, And it's, you know, what I love about the Lord is just that. He uses you and refines you even when you're being so rebellious. Mm. Um, And so even though it was my most rebellious season, it was also one of the most growing, like spiritually growing times I think I've ever experienced. Yeah. And so um, that's just awesome about the Lord. Mm. So fast forward, I come home. You kind of already told you this, but, you know, I wanted to get involved in ministry right away. And so I did. And then I served alongside of Josh um, before, like, we were a thing, too. Um, (laughs) But I served um, doing high school girls for four years or four and a half, something like that. Yeah. Um, Just loving on high school girls every single week. Um, Man, I love you guys. So if you're listening, (laughs) I love you all. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, there was lots of challenges also that came with it, but mm. some of my, my, probably my biggest wins, um, some of it definitely comes from my, my days at global, um, the, the camp ministry I was at just like mm. watching, um, oh my gosh, some of my campers, they were like, they would come in the first day of camp and they were just like jokers. I mean, they were, mm. oh man, hard, <laughs> like super, um, closed off and just like wanted nothing to do with the Lord. And then it'd be like, by the end of the week, it was like, they were a f- like a complete new person. Um, Ryan, if you ever listen, gosh, he was one of my punk campers. Um, man, he just was giving it to me all week. <laughs> and he is like leading youth. He's been doing camps. I mean, he's just on fire for the wow. Lord. It's so beautiful to like watch his life now, even gosh, five years later, um, I mean, he's just so cool. And then, gosh, I mean, I could literally go on forever. Uh, Caitlin, she's amazing. She's also a punk. <laughs> she knows it. Um, but she is just unbelievable. Such an amazing girl um, who just loves Jesus. And wow. so it's so cool mm-hmm. to see people, um, just people like get it. You know, like they finally, like they have that encounter and then they take it and they run. Yeah. And they run with it. Like their life just, just goes from there. Like they don't turn back. And so that's always like the best wins, um, ever. And then challenges, I think is seeing student, well, you know, my, my ministry is mostly students. So, you know, seeing just people, I guess, that you like pour into and love on and see, the gifts and the potential that the Lord has given them yeah. and see them set it aside yeah. to chase after life wow. um, and chase after what culture says and chase after just that desire to do what they want because they want to. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably definitely the most challenging and the most like heartbreaking. I can't even tell you how many nights I've just cried myself to sleep because just seeing such beautiful blessing and potential that the Lord has and seeing it not be used, but praying and praying and praying that God will, will, in, will impact them and that they will, they'll turn and come back because man, I mean, there are just so many students I can just think in my head right now that are just unbelievable. If they could just yeah. tap in yeah. um, and see the goodness of God and what he calls of them. So yeah, so that's me. That's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that that is one of the biggest, specifically in student ministry. I mean, you could probably say um, adult ministry as well. Yeah. Um, but seeing people that you know, man, they have a call of God on their life and they're gifted, and then for them to just lay it all down to chase the world. Yeah. Oh, um, that's heart wrenching. And that just goes to like, you can't be a people chaser. At the same time, don't give up on people. Yeah. But you can't get into a place where you're so discouraged because they, you know, ran away and now they're not following Jesus. All you can do is pray and continue to reach out. Exactly. And just tell Content them, like, hey, them. We, we love you. Um, so uh, what does ministry life look like behind the scenes and at home <laughs> in our life? Um, so let's unpack this kind of together. Because um, I know for both of us, we're going to have a different angle on it. You know, um, for me, being in full-time ministry you being kind of in lay ministry and then working a full-time job in the marketplace. Um, I think ministry from my perspective, um, 
at home, one of the, the things that is very difficult to do, and you got to, as the, as the husband and as the main one in ministry, I have to be the first kind of protector of this, is don't carry the burdens home. <laughs> um, there's a lot of weight that you have to carry in ministry. You know, I, I always joke around um, because I'll have people ask me like, you know, what do you do all day? You sit in your office and pray and read the Bible? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wish. <laughs> um, what a glorious life that would be. <laughs> oh, what a glorious life. Unfortunately, that's not reality. Um, in ministry, especially at the level that our organization's at, it's a very multi- um, faceted, fast-paced environment, and so um, there's a lot of meetings. There is a lot of meeting with leaders, um, a lot of planning, a lot of content. I mean, so much. I wish people who just attend church, and please, if you're listening, appreciate what your pastor does for you, yeah. wherever you go. Absolutely. Um, the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes is ridiculous to make ministry function and happen. And I feel like sometimes people, they, they see the finished product and they're like, oh, this didn't take nothing to do. And like, no, you didn't see all the sweat, all the blood, all the tears, all the practices, all the run-throughs that made it go on. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, for the home life, um, I've, I've fallen victim a lot of bringing stuff home and carrying that weight and then venting to Becca. And, um, and that's always not been the best solution. But in our early years of marriage, um, and we're still kind of early in our years of marriage, (laughs) but um, early on, like right away, that was one thing that I know was a struggle and still is, but I've gotten better at either bringing it up at the right time or de-escalating it within myself and then bringing it up to her instead of coming at it from a place of anger and bitterness. And I love Becca. I call her my second Holy Spirit because um, she really is. She is a voice of discernment, of wisdom in my life, and just helps me navigate through difficult conversations I have to have, through difficult kind of trials. Um, but I would say, you know, one of the things that I think both of us carry, um, because you as my wife, as a pastor's wife, we carry the load of people's burdens. Yeah. Um, I like to use the example. It's like having these um, unseen sandbags <laughs> on our shoulders all the time. And, you know, oh, man, I didn't text that person back or I didn't call that person back. Oh, yeah. you know, and then if a person gets mad at you, having to carry that weight. And it, there's just so much that goes into it. But I know for a lot of uh, married um, pastors, the, the difficulty is making sure that your marriage always stays priority number one. Yeah. And I had a mentor of mine, Bill Holleran, um, amazing, amazing mentor. Um, he, he was in ministry for over 20 years. And one of the statements he had made to me about three years ago, he said, Josh, when, when you get you know married, when, when this happens and you're at home, um, make sure you always put your wife first. Hmm. Uh, make sure that you serve her well. Make sure that if she has a need or a care that, that you attend to it before you attend to ministry. And I just got to be, I'm going to be transparent right now. I've not always been the best at that. Um, but I make it my aim to. And, um, and I, and I try my hardest to make sure that, um, that I am serving my, my wife and now my son. And, um, and that's a whole nother dynamic, which I wish we had time to get into <laughs> having kids now yeah, who strange. are PK, um, you know, pastor <laughs> kids, um, will be interesting. It'll be fun, a whole different dynamic, but, um, 
yeah, Becca, what about you? What your perspective on ministry? Yeah, so ministry is um, it's not easy, you know. I think sometimes people like see the like what you said see the finished product and it's like oh like especially if you have that hunger for ministry you're like oh i want that i want to be a part of that and that's awesome like we want you to be a part of it but it is so much more oh um oh my gosh so much more it's it's so hard and like the enemy is constantly at you and you constantly have to like discern things and like you know if you're if you're meeting with someone like whatever they got like on them like you yeah. hold it but you also have to like disregard yeah. like whatever they're carrying lord don't let, let it, let it go. Go. <laughs> yeah don't <laughs> let it come to our home or like you know don't don't let the struggles that they have like in that they have like interfere in our marriage or like whatever it is so it's like always having to be on guard um and so, which is also like a beautiful thing too. So it's like, it's such a, like a tug of war. Um, Cause you know, you get to just commune with God and you get that discernment and you get like all of those things um, and you see God at work constantly. And yeah. so that's really cool. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, you know, there, there've been times, you know, here's the deal, like being in ministry, it's a 24 seven job. And so like, yeah, Josh may have been at work all day long and then he comes home and he still has to be at sometimes on his job. And yeah, there are, he's honestly, he was being, you know, wasn't sharing as much, but like, he really is such an incredible husband who, who really does serve me well and who does put me first many times. Um, and then there has to be times where as that pastor's wife that I have to like, be okay with the fact that he has to do some more. He might yeah. have to meet with someone or he has to do other things because that's kind of what works at the time. Yeah. But he does take that time that he has with me and really sets it aside um, and makes it special and thinks of fun things for us to do and um, is so genuine in his love and care for me and Jude. And so... Um, You're going to make me cry. <laughs> You're going to make me cry earlier. <laughs> I was tearing up. But... Um, but really, you know, he's such a good, such a good husband and he has such a good balance and like, yeah, we don't always get it right. And sometimes I'm selfish and like, I just want him. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the ministry does come ahead. And so always trying to figure out that balance, which isn't like a perfect formula. Sometimes it's ministry is a little bit more during this season, but then it's a little bit more of me and Jude the next season yeah. or whatever it is. And so having that flex, um, that push and pull kind of balance is kind of, I think just life and navigating any kind of job or, um, season. And so, um, yeah. So I know one of the things, um, I want to mention, and I actually learned this from pastor Ken and Chris, they do this so, so dang well is, um, they right off the bat, as soon as they got into ministry, told their wives, you don't have to be that wife who sits on the front row every single Sunday. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And I really, because the church I grew up in, you know, great, great church, but um, I remember the pastor's wife was like, it was required of her to sit on the front row. And let me tell you, when she wasn't on the front row, uh, people would complain, which is weird. There's these hidden expectations and people of, I guess, what a religious system should look like. And I told Becca, as soon as we got together, I said, listen, I want you to be with me in ministry. I want you to run with me and to do ministry together, but absolutely not 
at any means do I want you to sit on the front row every single Sunday, and nor do I want you to be the um, the typical pastor's wife. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. If you feel a call to be that kind of spouse, and even for the husband, maybe your wife is a pastor and you're kind of in that role, there's nothing wrong with serving mm-hmm. um, whoever is in ministry and helping. But listen, that is not your life. That's not your job. Mm-hmm. I think of so many moms, listen, there are a lot of, uh, especially in, in ministry, a lot of moms stay at home and their ministry is loving and pastoring their kids well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do hard work to do that. Yeah. Um, and then there's other moms like you who, uh, you have a full-time career and life outside <laughs> of ministry and you're a mom and you're an amazing wife. And so trying to balance all those things can be challenging. And so listen, if, if you're a pastor, um, stop adding weight to your spouse. Yeah. It's well, I just fair. think it's like, and I, and I will say that like Josh has done an amazing job at not putting expectations on me and not allowing other people to put expectations. Oh like if he's Preach. heard someone say like, Oh, like where's Beck or why is she not doing this? Or why is she not a part of this or whatever? Because she's busy or she, wants she to be is trying to do watching something. Watching Netflix or, and loving our son. Exactly. Like, or the girl just wants to have a break. <laughs> you know, like if it, if this isn't something that she wanted to do or felt led to do, then she doesn't need to be here just yeah. because you think she needs to be here. Yeah. And that that alone gives so much freedom to me. And that doesn't say, like, here's the deal. Anything I could be at, I love being at. I love to love to yeah. love to support people, our church and my husband. Um but I like having that freedom of knowing that, goodness gracious, I am exhausted and I need a night off. <laughs> or I just, you know what? The baby's sleeping. I'm just not even going to try and do this right now. I love having that freedom of knowing that <laughs> I'm not going to be judged. Yeah. That I'm not going to feel like I have failed at a, as a wife. Um, and I failed in ministry just because I didn't attend something. Um, and so that has given so much freedom of just yeah. like lower, not lowering your expectations, but stop putting unnecessary weight yeah. and expectations so good. that are not mine to take up. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think that's huge. Wow. And then, um, yeah, I just wanted to like end on, you know, um, sort of just kind of what we've hit is, you know, have that time, have balance, be flexible. Um, ministry is super hard. Um, and then, you know, our goal is to just, is to love. And so that just kind of bleeds into everything that we do. And so our life at home, our life in ministry, our life, all of that is all centered around ministry. When I go to work every single morning, that's my ministry. I may not be in a church, but I get to love on people. I get to support people. I get to, to encourage people to see more in themselves than they can see right now um, and push them to greater things. And so that's what I get to do every single day. And I love that. And that is my ministry. Um, And so ministry definitely doesn't stop. You can't clock it out, um, but you definitely have to create some kind of barrier um, and, and protect it, protect your, your home, protect your family. Um, And do what you can do. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I know um, there's so much more we could say about oh ministry, gosh, but we, we're trying our best to make sure these podcasts don't go as long um, because <laughs> we want to honor your time. <laughs> um, but it, listen, if you have questions, um, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can um, you can DM us on Instagram. You can message us on Facebook. If you have our phone number, text us. 
Um, we would love to answer any questions or even help. And listen, if you're considering ministry, um, I, I would love to speak with you and help you get started on that journey. And I know, Becca, for the ladies listening, if you're a lady and, and you're trying to process of how to do ministry or what it looks like, um, ask us questions. That's why we wanted to start this podcast, uh, is to have these open dialogues and conversations to be able to help um, others. And so uh, thank you so much for joining us for Coffee and Convos. Uh, I just want to say, man, if you haven't subscribed already, uh, do so. Give us a rating. Leave us a review on iTunes. Um, that helps us get our podcast further to other listeners. Um, you know, Tell a friend, tell a family member yeah. about this podcast because um, we're going to be hitting a lot of topics. And in the coming weeks, I'm not going to announce it on here yet, but we are going to have some special guests with us. So for our first episode where we're going to be interviewing some people. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very interactive and we can't wait for that. Um, so we love you guys so much. Thank you for joining us around the Thank table you. tonight and we will see you next Friday. Love y'all.